Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Good afternoon, Chicago land and worldwide. We're beaming across the world, Jen. You know, with uh, the uh, download that they have here, AM 1160, they can download it on their phone. They can get us from anywhere. No excuses when you're on the soccer field. I don't care. You can dial us in there and get some good stuff. If not, go out to our website at faithmarketplace.com. We have all the podcasts out there from the last six years. I can't believe over 600 out there. And, of course, in studio today is my wonderful co-host. It's been a little bit absent. She's been leaving me in the lurch here. Jennifer Villarreal is with us today, and you got some good stuff to tell us about. Hello, right? everyone. Yes. Well, I'd like to um, give a big shout-out to Thomas Bibby Varghese. You hear me talk about him all the time. He's one of my favorites. And he's the owner of eBiz Universe, an award-winning digital marketing firm here in Chicago that helps clients nationwide to get business through excellence in lead generation, SEO, social media marketing, and, of course, website design and development. Their clients love them. Check them out on on their website, ebizuniverse.com, to see for yourself the awesome testimonials and award-winning services. Well, we've got a special guest in the studio that both Jennifer met first and then I met later, and uh, we wrestled him to the ground to get him in here because they got a fabulous organization here in Chicago that we're trying to spread the word on. And uh, Bill, is this gentleman has got quite a vast array of background that we're going to get into today, but I'd like to introduce you to Bill Molinari. And he is the executive chairman of Christian Business Fellowship here in Chicago. I'm going to give you a little background on that later. But uh, Bill has got uh, quite a bit of uh, business background, 20 years in business at, with a big company, and then 20 years in ministry. So that's quite a unique combination. Welcome, Bill. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Jennifer. Good to be here. Yeah. Hey, why don't you give our audience a little bit of your background? How, did you grow up in the Christian community? What was, what was you all about, your background? Well, real quickly, I guess I'm a Chicago boy. I was born in Glen Ellen. I went to Glenbard West High School. I'm a Glenbard West Hilltopper for sure. <laughs> and um, so I, I did that. I was a I was a basketball coach, Bob. Yeah. For a couple of years, I got a brother. You might know Jim Molinari, who's been a major college basketball coach for 40 years. He was head coach at North Illinois, Bradley, yeah. for 11 years in Western wow. Illinois. So I would say this, don't live your life vicariously through your children. Do, <laughs> do it through your brother. Do so, it through your brother. So, so that's what I did. I help him. I, he, I give him all kinds of help he doesn't need. But anyhow, out of school, and frankly, after a couple of years of coaching, I went to work for a small firm at the time. I only had eight people. Yeah. By name of Van Camp and Sourman. Uh-huh. And it was basically a municipal bond firm. And then I was there for 21 years. Yeah. And we had four different owners. And um, it really was a great ride. It was a great experience. You know, they say in business, one of the best things you could do is get on the ground floor with a small firm right? that's going to get big. And so I was fortunate to be in that position. So did you have a Christian upbringing? I, I was brought up in a large denomination. I had, uh-huh. I had wonderful parents, mm. and they were committed to their faith. So, yeah, I was, but I never really – the reality of Christ didn't really hit me until I was about 25 years old. Oh, Okay, so that was after post-college then. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I was in business for a few years. I was kind of searching. I knew something was missing. I guess I kind of had, in a sense, a Martin Luther experience that I didn't really, I wasn't really, I guess, exposed to the gospel of grace. Ah. It's when I was exposed to the gospel of grace, it all kind of fell in and, and hit and made sense to me. And, um, you know, I committed my life to Christ then. And, um, 
that's been a while, but that's where I've been. One of the things that happened to me early on, though, I knew I had no problem with the inerrancy of Scripture. Mm. I had no problem really believing the Bible. I don't know why, but I just didn't really have any problem with it from the start. And it was the authority. I've never really struggled with that. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah. So after college, so those college years had to be interesting. They were. I went to, <laughs> I went to Illinois. Yeah. yeah. I went to Illinois Wesleyan right. I, and I played basketball there. I was telling you before, we had a guy by the name of Jack Sigma from Little Illinois Wesleyan who two weeks ago went into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, the highest honor there is. Yeah, that was great. He's, he was a farm boy from Kankakee, just south, St. Anne, just yeah. south of Kankakee. So anyhow, it was, it was great playing with a guy of that caliber at a school that size. Yeah, he's a pretty tall drink of water, too. Yeah. Back did. in those days, were, were guys that seven-footers? Well, yeah, yeah, he's a seven-footer. But yeah. I mean, when he started, he was about seven-foot 180. Wow. And uh, yeah. so he filled in, and uh, he had a great yeah. NBA career. Yeah, that's great. Well, Bill, why don't you tell us a little bit more about why you're passionate with the work that you do with CBF or Christian Business Fellowship? Right. I guess it's natural in any walk of life to have a burden for people who are doing what you did. And, you know, pastors typically have a great burden for training up pastors, coaches for coaches, whatever, wanting to give something back. And, you know, I really spent a lot of my life in the Christian business community. And knew what it was like to be a Christian in the in the, in the I guess corporate world in my case, but that's what I wanted to do. And I, and the founder of our organization, Earl Seals, really he founded this. I didn't, and he really was the guy who had a burden for entrepreneurs because he's one. And uh, it was just the whole issue of integrate. What do you guys do all the time? Integrating your faith and work, and living for the Lord in the marketplace because the marketplace can really be rugged and tough, and it's it's hard to hold on to your testimony. Yeah, especially the financial service industry you right. were in for as long as you were. That could be a pretty tough place to be a Christian. Would you agree? I, I would agree with that yeah. and because um, there's a lot of money on the line. Right. And when there's a lot of money on the line, you know, you get tested in your faith and the like. Uh, so, yeah, that's true. I, I got to tell you, like, at Van Campen, one day kind of hit me because I was at a senior level and the other senior executive firms that I – other senior executives from firms that were our customers I dealt with – I asked myself the question one day, have I met a Christian yet? Mm. Mm. Have I met a yeah. Christian yet? I probably have. You know, this wasn't church and everybody was giving their testimony, but it was also evident that an awful lot of them weren't. Mm. And um, so, yeah, it can be tough. Yeah. How'd you keep the how'd you keep straight in, during all that? Because I, we've had several financial folks on and for that kind of a background. And as you said, money can really be a distraction, be a shiny object and all that kind of thing. How were you able to keep on the path during that? I just think it gets back to the fundamentals of the faith. I think, like I said before, it was the Bible. I believe mm-hmm. the Bible. I believe it as an authority. And when you really believe the Bible, it doesn't give you the liberty to uh, just pick and choose what you believe and don't believe. Not, yeah. that, not that I kept it all the time, but I never had any doubt about the authority of it. And I think, you know, the, the, the other fundamentals is church. Right. You know, getting involved in fellowship and church, being under the word and prayer. Those were the fundamentals. One of the challenges, I think, too, is when you're being asked to do something that you know is not, particularly in business, because there's a lot of pressure to be making decisions or doing something. That How did you hold up against that? How were you able to push back or not do it? Just try to do the right things. You know, there is a temptation to cut corners. Right. You know, but... I don't know. I just think, you know, we have a conscience. We're involved by the Holy Spirit. We have convictions, and you just try to do the right thing. What are some of the challenges you have now with CBF? 
now that you how long you been the executive chair for that? A couple of years. Okay. I think the biggest challenge is you know CBF was really really started going for business excellence with an eternal perspective. Okay. Business excellence, eternal perspective. I think one of our challenges is we got we've got a really a vast amount of proprietary great teaching just on business. Mm-hmm. Okay, on sales, on legal, on how do you start a business. We got some great teachers. So on the one hand, there's a lot of resource there. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there's a great need. Right. And marrying that up and getting people to access it mm-hmm. and go to meetings or we can do it now virtually, they can do it online. That That's really the challenge. Right. Yeah. Now, CBF's been up and running how long now? About six years. You know, we had Earl on right at the beginning of right. that. He came on the show. And right. what a great story he's got. Boy, holy smokes. Cutco knives and selling door to door and yeah, what a heart he has. He's got well, he's got yeah. one of the fastest growing businesses or it has been in mm-hmm. in the US. Yeah. You know, it's really it's it's really something what he's done. Yeah. He's done it from start. He's he's a true entrepreneur. Yeah. You know the best definition of an entrepreneur I've ever heard, Bob? What is that? Somebody who has unreasonable commitment to inconclusive evidence. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I like that. Well, you know, Bill, I want to Touch on this challenge a little bit more, though. When you say you feel the challenge is to get people maybe to the events or virtually, what's distracting them? What's preventing them from going? Well, we like to try to get face-to-face with people. Mm-hmm. So what the way we do it is the third Wednesday morning of every month. It's once a month. It's Wednesday morning. That's from 8 to 10 o'clock. Okay? That's really the commitment to come to it. And I just think a lot of people um, have a hard time showing up to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a lot of things is that I think they, they kind of know they have this need, but how do they really allocate their time to meet that? So Because a lot of our people are small business people, solopreneurs, mm-hmm. and it could be lonely out there. Yeah. yeah. You know, it could be lonely. And so they're looking for fellowship, and it, typically when they show up, they like what they see. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and as far as the locations, where are they at? Are they just in Chicago? Well, or? Th- No, we have more than Chicago, but I'll tell you about the three. Let's focus on the three in Chicago. One's in Elgin, one's in Naperville, and one's in Rolling Meadows. Mm -hmm. Elgin, Naperville, and Rolling Meadows. And the other locations they can find at christianbusinessfellowship.org? Right, correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. And so it's once a month that you're pulling everybody together. I know I had the privilege of attending one of them. I thought it was really robust because of, of, again, the video and Earl up there and Joe Abraham and giving something. And then the chapter, the location person also, you know, sharing with that. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great. Yeah, it's really great. I actually participated a few years ago Mm -hmm. and then also helped lead one of the the calls and participated um, a little bit with one of our group leaders as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of wonderful people great resources and it's definitely something that that people should check out Um, so we have a gift for our listeners and make sure that you text us here at the studio that number is 224-404-1988 send us the keyword cbf that stands for christian business fellowship and when you send in the keyword cbf you're going to be entered to win a book so bill just quickly can you tell us a little bit about the book business shift yeah it's really kind of our seminal work and it's the, really the thought behind the thing is that think about your business differently. You know, think about that it's God's business, mm-hmm. that you're a steward of that business and what you're doing with it. Yeah, that's great. Again, make sure you text us here at the studio. That number is 224-404-1988. You can text us during the show be, um, and even after the show when you're listening to this on the podcast. 
Hey, and you're going to stay tuned for the next segment. We're going to bring Bill back in here, and we're going to be going a little deeper dive on a couple things, a couple things he's told us about earlier. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with Bill Molinari. Uh, he is the executive chairman of a Christian Business Fellowship. Uh, we started getting into that a little bit, and I know we're going to come back into that to give you a little bit more meat on the bone uh, as to that. And I'm a big fan of this because I was in C12. I've been involved with these peer-to-peer groups. And this is exactly what uh, small business leaders need is to get into something. And they also have another thing we're going to talk about, a branch of that that's also for a little bit bigger businesses, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, Bill, you know, I know you mentioned a lot about faith and work and you're passionate about that. And that's what you'd like to incorporate, especially with CBF. They, they do a great job with that. But how do you currently incorporate your faith and work? What does that look like? Well, I, I think you kind of have to have a theology of what is faith and works. Mm-hmm. It stems from a theology. And, you know, really the Christian life is a total life. It's not like, well, I'm, a, I'm one kind of person at work. I'm another kind of person at home. Okay. So I think too often this, this division between the sacred and the secular goes on. Like I'm a full-time Christian. I'm in full-time. You hear that all the time. I'm in full-time Christian work. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. So, frankly, I've done both because I was on a church staff for 12 years and I was in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, is that, you know, your work is your ministry. Your work is your mission, okay? And it all has to be, and the way you're supposed to live your life is the same in both arenas. Well, can we park there for a second? Because what is it that you think that people have a hard time with doing that? We hear that a lot from uh, listeners of the show or even guests on the show. And when they hear faith and work, they instantly freeze. There's some fear that takes over. There's all these things that start to roll through their minds. So what are you hearing out there of why people are having a hard time maybe integrating or maybe aren't even aware of how to incorporate faith and work? I think from the start in, in, in America, there was a separation between church and state, which, by the way, is completely misunderstood right. what those guys were talking about. But there kind of is that. And then our culture now, more our culture is getting more secular. It, it just is. And more politically correct. So there's really the sense that nothing can be said in the marketplace about your faith, mm-hmm. you know, and which really, frankly, isn't true. I mean, certainly if you build a relationship, you could do that on a one-on-one basis. But I, I think a lot of it's that. I think there's a sense of intimidation there mm-hmm. that I really can't say much about my faith. Yeah. And you also touched on this earlier where it's not just about saying, but it's about being right. and how mm-hmm. we can be that light. So, yeah, I think people forget about that, too. And, and Bob, you're really good at, about saying uh, and Well, it's always through the Bible others. all the time because mm-hmm. you, know, you you got 888 mentions of work in the Bible and what God do for six days, what Christ do for 30 years, you know, what was the first job description, all these kind of things that lead to all that. And I think that, you know, and I, I, ever since I started the show, Bill, you know, I think you get it also, there's very little of this that's preached from the pulpit, that work is ministry. Right. And I know that you shared it with me that a lot of people feel like, the, you know, they don't matter or they're not a part of something because they're not, you know, fulfilling some kind of ministry duty or something like that. When the greatest audience we have is what we have at work, you know, mm-hmm. and the people around us that we influence. The average Small business owner has influence over fifteen hundred people. That's bigger than most churches. Mm-hmm. When you start talking oh, no the vendors, about the vendors and the uh, customers and their employees, so um, you know everybody can be in ministry that mm-hmm. is working out there. And we got a lot of people that are working that get up in the on you know, Monday morning. They leave Jesus in the car when they walk into their place of business. You know, Calvin Coolidge was a great president. Mm-hmm. And he was he was the president was there died Warren G Harding he became president 
kind of like Teddy Roosevelt, and then he won his own term. It was like Lyndon Johnson happened right. with Kennedy. And Coolidge was a great president, and he was a great business president. And he had a saying. He says, in capitalism, a factory is a cathedral. <laughs> I love it. A factory, he said it's a factory yeah. was a cathedral. And what's he saying? Is he saying that we should worship a factory? Is he saying that's our, that's our idol business? No, but what, what he was saying is that work is important. And work is sacred, you know, and that's what you see in the scripture. I think what happens in business, because life could be mundane, you know, I don't care what the job is, it can get mundane. And so you're in the, you're out there and your business is kind of mundane and it it just, it just doesn't feel that important to you. Right. And, but it is, and it's important to God and that's where he placed you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, it's, it's just an attitude. I think it's a mind adjustment to start looking at working with excellence, be an example, be salt and light. Uh, helping other people, coworkers, you know, praying for people at work—that's a—that's really a powerful thing. Right. I, I, I used to go away and pray for people, and now I just stop right there and I pray for them right there. Nobody's yeah. ever refused me, mm-hmm. and that's whether it's a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. a non-believer, or whatever. I've never had anybody refuse me to pray for them mm-hmm. uh, if they were really needing that. But I do think this, Bob. It's is it. it you have to earn the right to yep. say the words, and yep. it's 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 the walk more than the talk. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess saying it, it, what you do is who you are. Mm-hmm. Yep. What you do is not what you say. People can say a lot of things. What you do is who you are, and they'll 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 get a sense that something's different about you. Mm-hmm. They will get that sense, and and a lot of times that just opens the door for the uh, for the sharing the gospel. Well, speaking of sharing the gospel, I know that you have a couple of favorite Bible verses that you could share with our audience too, right? Well, I do, but but on the work thing, I just like Colossians three twenty three. Okay. What, what, you know, if yep. you just, if if everybody if every believer could get this in their head every day when they went to work because <laughs> it's hard, but whatever you whatever you do, do your do work. You know what the word is? Heartily, mm. with your heart, with the center of your being, as unto the Lord. Okay, and it goes on to say, it's not man that you serve, it's from the Lord, and from the Lord you're going to get your reward. Right. If we could really get our head about that, we wouldn't be so quick to say, well, my boss is unfair to me, or mm-hmm. this place is unfair, I haven't been treated right, I should have got that raise. If you say, look, this is my work, and this is unto the Lord, you know, I just, I, I really think that one verse, Yeah. if people could get their head around that and keep that, memorize that first, and keep, keep it um, in the forefront of your mind. Right. Work with excellence. Yep. Work with Absol- excellence. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really good, Bill. Well, what words of wisdom would you have given your younger self knowing <laughs> what you know now? Not to be as competitive as I was. I was over the top in that area. I think there is kind of a rage of youth. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's an energy that you're looking to stake out your place in the world. And I think that we can go overboard with that. I think a lot of that's not productive at all. It leads to anger, mm-hmm. jealousy, other things that aren't good. So I think that. I, I do think that um, I probably work too much. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is, I've seen this with my brother in coaching, is that, because that's really, major college coaching is a consuming thing. And his wife said to me, it isn't so much that he's not home, it's that he's, when, he, when he's so here, he's not home. Right, Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. because it just that's where your mind is at. And yeah. I think with technology nowadays and mm-hmm. the way that can be, that's even more of a challenge it was oh, than, yeah. than when, when I was working. For yeah. sure. Well, I can see people in the marketplace 
dealing with some of this too, not just our younger selves, but oh, yeah. that competitiveness or being not fully present or, you know, being so involved in your work and, and things like that. So what would you say to them? I, I, you know, just fight for the balance. Mm-hmm. Just fight for the balance. You know, uh, when I was at Van Camp and I used to see some of these guys staying really late at night, because mm-hmm. sometimes I did, I think they were trying to press me. This is kind of earthy. I used to tell them this, look, it, just go home because what you're going to lose in the divorce, you'll never make up in your bones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. That's I cool. literally would tell them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's so important. I, yeah. I like to say God first, then myself, because otherwise I'm running around on empty and I can't pour into anyone else. And then my family and, and friends and, you know, loved ones. And my business is actually last. And the reason why is because the Lord provides and really this is his work that he's doing through us and, and for us that he's done. And so how we can honor him is by right. putting him first. Amen. You know, Bill, what I noticed when I did come to CBF, we had some younger people there, which I right. admired the fact that you guys are attracting some younger yeah. uh, younger adults that come there and young professionals. Um, you have a great ministry or ability there, just like what we asked you about young wisdom for younger self. Do you think that there's a message there also for these younger people that they come to CBF with us? I do. Yeah. I do. I, I think millennials get a bad rap in a lot of I ways. You know, I think they do. And because we got this view of them that they're just relational and all they want to do is sit in their basement and mm-hmm. they can't work and all this other stuff. You know, a millennial, mm-hmm. millennial told me this the other day. And I got eight millennial kids. Right. And a millennial told me the other day, he goes, you know— Nothing makes me angrier than a millennial who won't work ah, because okay. they give us a bad rap. And this yeah. is kind of like this perception of our generation. Right. And, and by the way, if you want to make a generalization about the desire for relationship, mm-hmm. that is not a bad thing. Right. That is not a bad thing that they want to be relational. That's not a bad thing that in some sense they have higher priorities than, than the workplace. Mm-hmm. We could have used a little bit more of that. Well, absolutely, without question, without question. Uh, and maybe they think that because their parents were working all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, who raised the millennials? <laughs> exactly. And, and as we've had on the yeah, show here. That's true. You know, you, you've got several different portions of millennials. Like the leading edge millennials in their early 30s can't, don't understand the back end. You know, it's right. their work ethic and what's going, probably about what you said. Right. Uh, they give us a bad rap. And I've heard that a number of times from 30-somethings, you know, they've said that about their generation or how they get in this rap about them because they're out there working. Well, regardless of the generation, there's a place for them at CBF, correct? That's the whole thing. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, Yeah. I think we do a pretty good job of that. When when the baby boomers start complaining about the millennials, I always reminded that we've left them $20 trillion worth of debt. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> with the debt. That's yeah. what the baby boomers did. We left you $20 trillion worth of debt. So, <laughs> Hey, just real quickly, what, what did you learn in the time? And we'll get into this the next time, but what did you learn in your time in ministry? What did you learn? Well, I'm, I'm a churchman. I, mm-hmm. I, I love the church. I want to support the church. It was a privilege to do that. We were church planting. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I just got a sense of the— the um, wonder of having the opportunity to be in ministry. Mm. Okay. We're going to circle back around that because yeah, I, I want to see how your marketplace really yeah. tied that in together. Yeah. Well, we have some great gifts for our listeners, and you have a few chances to win here. So make sure that you text us either during the show or even if you're listening to the podcast with the keyword CBF. That's for Christian Business Fellowship. That number is 224-404-1988. Again, that keyword is CBF. And you're going to be entered to win a book called The Business Shift. Yep. 
That's a great book, by the way. We've had, actually, Renee uh, has been oh, on yeah. the show. And uh, I can't remember the third author of that. Who is it? Earl Seals. Earl. And, and Joe Abraham, I Joe, think. Joe, yeah, right, exactly. And so I haven't had Joe on yet. But we'll, yeah. We'll and make sure that you check them out on the website as well. That's christianbusinessfellowship.org. Hey, we're going to be right back with our special guest, Bill Molinari, and uh, the rest of the story, as they say. All right. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back again here at Faith Marketplace Radio every Saturday noon to 1 o'clock. Go out and check out our website, faithmarketplace.com. We have all the podcasts out there for the last six years, going on seven years, Jen. Can't believe it. Over 600 know, interviews we've had. Uh, fabulous interviews we've had out there. And uh, this one is going to be one of the top ones, I can tell you. Our special guest in studio today is Bill Molinari. And Bill is um, with the Christian Business Fellowship. He is actually the executive chairman of that. We've been talking a little bit about that. But, um, you know, Bill, you've known a lot of people, and you've been involved in ministry. You've been involved in business. Uh, Who inspires you? I think a guy who has inspired me from really the time that I accepted Christ has been John MacArthur. Mm. And John really got me on the straight and narrow doctrinally. Okay. And which I really appreciate that. I didn't, I didn't have to unlearn a lot of things. And then I wound up uh, being on his board. Mm. So I was on John's board for, four, for 14 years at, at uh, Grace to You. But he's been such a faithful expositor of the word for 50 years. He's been in one church for 50 years. Wow. Sharing God's word, preached through the whole New Testament. And he's got a really, the scope of his ministry is really immense. Was that one of the things that kind of led you into the ministry side? Would you say was John instrumental in that? I think so. I, I think what happened to me was like we sold the company, okay. and we sold the company for a big number, and so I was in a position that I didn't have to work again, mm-hmm. and I thought I would. I, I thought I'd go to, back to work for another uh, corporation, the mutual fund industry, but I didn't, so then I just got involved in ministry from there. But you, know, you asked me before about the difference yeah. between being in the marketplace and being in, in, in the church. It, when you're working in ministry, you – you, you could just share. You could just talk about the Lord all the time, right? You know, you just pray. You don't have to worry about any of that. There's, there's no rules that you that, that keeps you from doing that, which you you do have in the marketplace. But I think sometimes that can almost, you know, you got to be careful with that because you can get kind of used to. Uh, I don't know. It can be kind of an academic, intellectual situation at times, rather than just heart. Just heart. Yeah. Right. And especially around church planning, because that is a business. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. Really. Big I really love church planning. Yeah. I mean, we planted over 150 churches, and I kind of spent all day just kind of interviewing church planters. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. And, and um, they're, they're not easy to find. Mm. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of men who can pastor a church but never could have started it. Mm. It's yeah. a different skill set. Yep. It's just like business. There's a lot of people out there running businesses. I guarantee you they couldn't have started that business. Right. So, in effect, they're kind of entrepreneurs, they right? absolutely are okay. entrepreneurs. Yeah. I really looked at them, and, and obviously you, you look for the quality. It's the godly character you're looking for. Right. That's And and ability to communicate and all that. But they really – they ha- the church planners kind of have to have a winsomeness about them. Mm. You know, because they they have to attract 50 to 75 adults when they have nothing. Right. They have absolutely nothing compared to the church, the 10 churches down the street. Right. So it was fun. Yeah. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about business owners, which still there's similarities there. Yeah. But what do you do to encourage the people that you work with, especially, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs? Well, they have to have a skill set. 
you know, a, a lot of a lot of small business people, it's really just about how do I generate revenue? How do I mm-hmm. how do I get it going from a revenue point of view? So that's what they're really looking for. It's it's really a sales game. It's usually a sales game mm-hmm. to try to get the thing. They can control their expenses. Their expenses aren't that great. So they have to they just have to find Jennifer that to find ways to find more customer and keep finding customers. Mm-hmm. And really understand what sales is about. Of course yep. that's my specialty as a sales mm-hmm. and marketing coach, but you know, really understand that it's it's not about convincing or chasing after other people. You know, there's um, a huge element of communication there as well as confidence and and being able to um, understand when they need to work in the business when they need to work on it and not just right. have this roller coaster effect and where sales start to dip down, et cetera. Yeah. I know that there's resources that you have out there, John, but what's the wisdom that you give to business owners? Because you made a practice all through your career. Right. What? Well, <laughs> there's a lot of things I look for in a leader. To me, it's about leadership. Okay. And if you look at any poll at all about what employees are looking for a leader, you know what the number one thing, there's one thing that's always at the top, always yeah. at the top. You know what it is? It's integrity. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody's looking for somebody that they can trust. Right. But, you know, a, a good business leader, even a smaller business, they have a vision. They can kind of, they're like an architect. They kind of see the finished product out there mm-hmm. um, as they're working towards it. Uh, enthusiasm. You know, Jennifer, you talk about sales. Enthusiasm sells. Well, as you know, leaders are readers, but you have a special yeah. kind of a thing that you like to read, right? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I th- leaders are readers. Uh, you know, uh, teachers are learners. Mm-hmm. You, you got to be learning all the time because kind of the well runs dry. But I, I love history. Mm-hmm. I love reading about. I've never read a novel in my life. Really? I, yeah. I just. <laughs> I, I. It's got to be real to me. Okay? okay. And I think novels are great and all that, based on history, a lot of fact. But, but um, yeah, I've I've read a lot of biographies. I yeah. think you can learn a lot about just reading about leaders and what they did in different situations. Yeah, yeah. reading their biographies. That's mm-hmm. really good. Well, Bill, why don't you just take a few minutes here to talk to us about the benefits of Christian Business Fellowship and who that's for and why they should look into this. Well, like I said before, it, it, it could be lonely out there. And it could be really lonely for a small Mm-hmm. Um, a solopreneur is somebody who has a small number of employees. So that's one thing it does. It gives them a chance to get together with other Christians. They have issues to process. If you went to a CBF chapter meeting, you're going to get two things. You're going to get a video teaching on different aspects of sales, marketing, whatever, social media, all these Finance, things. Finance, right? Finance. Mm-hmm. But the other part is after they break, p- picture a small group that stays together with the leader. We call it a, cr- a CAB, a Christian Advisory Board, where they're processing issues. They just have questions. There's like little mini boards of direction. See, this whole thing was started by Vistage. Right. And that was the idea of the CEO roundtable. You bet. It was the CEO roundtable that they could get together because it was a safe place because they it's, it's hard to talk to even your number two person about certain things. Yep. But if you got together with another group of CEOs, you can do that. So that's going on at our meetings as well. And you have two levels too, right? Yeah. You have what's the other group now that you started? Yeah, I kind of just, I'm having fun with this. There's another group of of you, you know segmenting your market. Mm-hmm. When you go out there and say this is a fellowship a, for Christians of business owners, mm-hmm. I mean that is a vast vast <laughs> spectrum, right? And so one of the things we decided to do, and they have different issues, they just do. Yep. And so we got a group of some larger businesses. Mm-hmm. Most of these businesses are 3 million or more, 20 employees, that type mm-hmm. of thing. And we get together every other month uh, for a day and to process issues with those guys and women. Mm-hmm. We've got four women in there mm-hmm. to have fellowship 
And, you know, I really found a lot of them who did. I mean, these people are making like quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. You know, put a twenty percent margin on on those type of numbers, and they're making a lot of money. And so, is this, and it, but I think what's really drives as much as anything is just the chance to be with other other business owners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And around that too, because I had the benefit of being, as you know, for ten years. The benefit. Do you see them that you're enlightening them that this is God's business, and uh, and how does that change right. them as far as their perspective about the business? Right. You know, it, it's really all about stewardship. Mm-hmm. Right. And what is stewardship? It's responsible responsibility for without ownership of. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for something, but you don't own something. It's a very hard concept for us. Yep. You know, we we think we own things. Right. I mean, if you really got down to this, you know, who who owns the business? Right. Who owns the assets? Right. Who owns the kids? Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 that's a hard thing that we struggle with. But yeah, a lot of them are just trying to be the best stewards they can with what God's given them. Yeah, well, I love that. And I love that you're being so generous to give our listeners uh, a chance to win the book, Business mm-hmm. Shift. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I think it's, it's kind of what we're talking about right here. It's the, it's, the, it's the shift of the thinking to really a biblical thought about your business. Mm-hmm. And that is that God owns his business and God's given you that gifts. And how do you give back from that? You know, one of the beautiful things about business is it can generate a lot of wealth that you could do things for with the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a big part of that book is how do you really view your business in the first place? Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. so important. I think that's one of the most um, common yet overlooked things um, from business owners and entrepreneurs. At least that's what I find with my clients. It's it's a lot of that mindset stuff, the right. attitude, the shifting, the renewing of our mind and really mm-hmm. understanding, you know, who uh, what God says about our business and the work that we're called to do. Yeah. And the, and the brothers and sisters I've been involved with in these peer groups, it's amazing that shift when that mind shift comes of what they can mm-hmm. now do to do kingdom building right. building work. I mean, they're setting up foundations, not for profits. They're really pouring back in. And the cool part about that is it's sustainable because they look at this now. I'm really working for something that I'm giving to you know to other people, to God, to benefit you know uh, people that might be under advantage or something like that. And there's this kind of renewed energy to be able to do that. And when you give it up to God, guess what happens? He blesses mm-hmm. that. You know, mm-hmm. he come, he, that comes back tenfold almost. You know, yeah. That, that, my experience. And there's a freedom in that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a really, you know, Earl C- Seal says to me the other day, and, and he, he, he really does this and he really owns this. He says, you know, Bill, don't worry about the results. Mm-hmm. Just do the right thing. Focus on the process. The results are going to be the results. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, I've never really been able to do that. Mm-hmm. I've always looked at the results, yeah. you, you know, and the fear of failure and all those other things. And I think really when you kind of turn it over to the Lord, that that, that really lightens the load. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's called let go and let God. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and Jennifer and I have seen that with provision well, and yeah. different things that we you just got to let go. Well, and up. I was kind of yeah. forced to do that when I was sick for those three right. years as well and yep. really allowing the Lord to work on me while I was resting. So I actually thought I had to work, 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 but really he was working on in me. So make sure that you text us here at the studio. That number is 224-404-1988 with the keyword CBF. That's for Christian Business Fellowship. You can find out more about them at christianbusinessfellowship.org, but make sure that you text us here and you'll be entered to win the book, Business Shift. We have several books to give away. So while you're listening to this or uh, live or on the podcast, make sure that you text us here. Absolutely. Hey, we're going to be right back here with Bill for our final roundtable. And do you have a succession plan in place for your business? I think we've got a resident expert here who can talk a lot about that, both from a financial standpoint, the kingdom standpoint, working with the CBF, working with individuals. 
also that are maybe maturing out of their business and how do you take and make that transition. So stay tuned for our next segment. Uh, we're going to be back. But I want to remind you again to get out there at faithmarketplace.com. We have a lot of resources out there. we got the podcasts out there. But one other thing I want to do, we get a little shy on. This ministry operates off of donations. So we would love it if you could go out there, uh, hit the donation button. Uh, you'll be serving a couple of different things when you hit that donation button. Our veterans, uh, we're giving back to our veterans, but also help keep our ministry going strong too. So stay tuned for our next segment. We'll be back with Bill Molinari uh, in the next segment. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with our segment. Uh, by the way, uh, keep Bill Maher in prayer. Um, he is uh, having a bout with his health right now. He's the author of Proverbs for Business, Steve Maher. And uh, I, I just got another memo from him. He's, uh, he's working through it, but it's been a tough journey. So just keep Steve Maher in prayer for us, the author of Proverbs for Business, which we're reading out today. And it is the subject is, do you have a succession plan in place for your business Scripture, now when David reached old age, he made his son Solomon king over Israel. Bill, you've been around this thing both from the financial world and now we're, you're dealing with CBF and ministry. What's your thoughts on this stuff? Uh, my thought is, is succession and succession planning is stewardship. Mm. It's just stewardship. So if you have assets, you're going to die someday. And so where do you want to put these things? How can you use this best for the Lord? That's really how I look at it. You know, we were owned by Xerox. Xerox had extensive succession planning. They, you had to have three potential people on your staff that could replace you mm-hmm. at different stages. And they wanted to be aware of that. Most corporations want to promote from within. Mm-hmm. They just do. There's just more risky going to the outside because you don't know the person. But I know our business owners really have their own. A lot of them are family-owned, mm-hmm. so they're trying to, you know, what are your options? You could sell the business. That's one right. way you could do it. Sometimes they, a lot of times they're kind of leaning towards family, mm-hmm. who in the family could take it over. Sometimes they don't have that person. Right. But um, you, you really, you know, you, you, I'll tell you one thing. If you're a business owner and you have a business, you better get some good legal counsel. Right. And your will better be good because you get this stuff tied up in probate. Mm-hmm. Just if you can have a $10 million business that, and, and you die, mm-hmm. okay, private business, there's no public market for that. You can't sell the shares. The government's going to come in and say, well, we want $4 million. Right. Exactly. We want $4 million of cash. <laughs> and you know this from the business you were in. I think the statistic is pretty close. Is 70% of Americans don't have a will or trust? Yeah, that, that's, that's, abs- that's just absurd. I mean, it's so easy to get a will now, even if you don't have. Here's what they think. Well, I don't have a lot of assets. Right. Maybe they think they're not going to die. You know, <laughs> that's, I think that's a bigger yeah, issue. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to bet they are at some <laughs> Or they're point. afraid of that. <laughs> right, right. But I think it's, um, I think you need, to, and here's another thing too. If you have a, like, a fairly sizable estate, uh, doing a will is an ongoing thing because your situation is changing like yep. every five years. Yep. So let's, let's say it costs you three, $4,000 mm-hmm. if you're going to really do that again. Well, a lot of people like, even I do that sometimes, I don't want to spend that. Right. But you know, if, if you don't get these assets going where you want them to go, I mean, it's really it, – it, that, that's a problem. That is that is not good stewardship. Yep. You spent 40 years to get the assets, and now you're not going to spend three grand to try to get this thing uh, planned well. You know, when I was, again, in the peer groups, I thought it was alarming how many of the business owners didn't have a will or a trust or right. didn't have some kind of a plan in place, uh, especially they had the means to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously, running a business, you have to have legal advice. You have to have financial advice. You have to have these things. 
But yet, when it came to their own personal stuff, they really didn't have I'll tell you who does it really good. You know, Dave Ramsey, I, mm-hmm. I like his stuff. And he right. he has what he calls, you have to have a legacy box. Mm-hmm. You have to... People die all the time, and the spouse doesn't know anything. They don't know they where don't know passwords right. to things. Exactly, the, simple the, things that you right. wouldn't even think and of. He but. talks about this legacy box mm-hmm. where everything is in there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I've got one of those. Mm-hmm. It's probably not after reading this stuff. I got to do even better. But <laughs> you know, your will, yep. your 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 insurance policies, yep. passwords, ways they could access this thing. I mean, who yep. are your contacts? Who is the spouse supposed to contact mm-hmm. when it comes to legal? Yep. Insurance, yep. investments, all the way across well, the board. It's funny when you say that because I lost my business partner two and a half years ago, and that actually prompted me at that particular time because I had to go through this, you know, right. stuff that I didn't know about the business and stuff yeah. because he was doing one part of the business, I was doing the other part. I wasn't too far off, but, you know, still, it was a lot of work that had to be involved in that. And that which triggered it, absolutely what you said, I've got a, a you know, a um, safe. And what I went through that, that and put in there in the safe basically was – Step one, Marty, when something happens to me, this is what you do. Step Bingo. two, you do this. Step Bingo. three, you do this. Step four, you do this. Names, addresses, how you get a hold of them. She's got all the past, everything, you know, that she would need. Now, I've got to go back through now after two and a half years and make sure that's up right. to date because that's the other thing. You put it away in the box and then you forget about it, right? This is something yeah. you got to do on a continuous basis. And fortunately, I've got a, uh, an attorney that has uh, a approach of legacy. So every year he's sending me information to have me, uh, you know, update what's going on in the family. I think it's wonderful because most of them, you know, you do the will and it, it, nobody refresh your memory or stays on you about that stuff. Yeah, and somebody needed to hear this today. And if yep. you're not sure, like, where to get started with that, you can always message us here at the studio and I'll put you in contact with Bob or with Bill or, yep. you know, some resource to help you um, get started. And like Bill had mentioned before, you know, you don't have to be in this alone. There's so many resources out there. there are, you just right. need to reach out and ask for help. So, yes, make sure that you text us here at that studio to number 224-404-1988 along with the keyword CBF or whatever question uh, that you have and we'll make sure we get you connected. And you know, you reminded me also, they can text at any time because we've got lots of goodies. We got stuff we can give away. We can get you on a list. So please, you know, make sure that you write that number down and text Jennifer and I because We've got stuff. We got resources. We got lots of stuff, yeah. and we're more. And we're than not going to be texting you in the yeah. middle of the night or on the weekends, all <laughs> yeah. the crazy hours or not anything like that. Not like she like does that. to me, folks. <laughs> yeah. no, you won't have anything like that, Jen. In this subject here, mm-hmm. uh, from the standpoint of transitioning, because you work with some people come out of corporate, they're transitioning. I mean, it's almost a succession plan per se. Mm-hmm. What, what do you share with them about that? Yeah, well, I think it's important, especially for those small business owners, really small or solopreneurs, of what happens if they get sick or if they mm. have to take some time off or something like that. So let's start mm, right. there. What, do we, what can we create that's evergreen or that can still run or that you can still serve your clients with? And so I think that gets them in that mind frame of how creating this uh, succession plan or legacy, you know, to move forward. There's so many different stages to this, right? right. Um, so that's and you what, actually personally experienced it. Yeah, too. I did. I did. You know, as most of the listeners know, I had some health challenges for about three years and the Lord was leading me and prepping me for this prior. But I just kept saying, yeah, yeah, not yet, not yet. And so when I was able to do it, I didn't. And then when I couldn't do it, that's when I wanted to. And that didn't happen either. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's really important that we don't fall into this content complacency um, with anything in our business or in our life. Right. Or also panic over Mm -hmm. something that's happening, too. I I know that I was, uh, I'm a worrier sometimes, and I get all balled up there. So, you know, Matthew 6.25 is a big one for me. Don't worry, because, you know, the birds of the air don't and all, all the right. rest of this stuff. But, 
you know, I, and I have to pull myself back. But that really takes and puts me at ease or at peace at that point because I got to re- get recentered on and refocused on, you know, the Lord mm-hmm. and not my stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a conscious thing that you constantly have to keep going through because the pull of the world is towards all the worldly stuff. It's yeah. not towards, you know, the Yeah, we need to stuff. pray on it. We need to ask the Lord, where is he guiding our steps? What do we keep hearing? And some of our listeners may, this may not be the first time that they hear this message. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the third time and they're, they need to act on it. Or maybe it is the first time where that seed is being planted and you're going to hear it again. That's how we know. We need to pray in that, allow the Holy Spirit to lead us there, and then reach out for help. That's definitely a big thing. So were we texting that? Were they texting it forward this time? Yeah. So you can actually be entered to win. Um, the, we have several copies to give away, thanks to, to Bill and CBF. Uh, this book is called Business Shift. And Bill, do you just want to fill us in in case somebody didn't hear the other segments about what the book is about? Yeah, it's really about having the right view of what your business is, having the right view of who owns the business, having a right view of what to do with if the Lord chooses to really bless what to do with those resources in the business. So it's just, the, it's the title is the shift, the shift from kind of a secular mindset to a biblical mindset of your business. Yeah, that's so great. And then where can they find out more about Christian Business Fellowship and how can they get involved? Yeah, I just go on the website, christianbusinessfellowship.org. If you put it in, we come up there first. There's a lot of information on there. You can contact us. You can find out how to join. You can actually join right on, on, on the web. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And check out check out one of the gatherings. And where are the locations in Chicago? They are in uh, Elgin, Naperville, and Rolling Meadows. And Rolling yeah. Meadows. That's yeah. great. Well, make sure that you text us here. That number again is 224-404-1988. That keyword is CBF, whether you're listening live or on the podcast. And we're watching you out there, so you better be p- plugging us in again next Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock. And we, we're tracking all this, okay? So and the Lord's tracking it, too. So you don't want to disappoint us. For Faith Marketplace here at AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, every Saturday noon to 1 o'clock. And my wonderful co-host, hopefully he's not going to abandon me again too shortly (laughs) here, because she's getting married, so they're going to have a celebration over that. We'll be right back next week. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.